Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Fanatic.com brought to you by Patrick Eads and his great staff at Deary Brothers Ford on Mormon Trek. Steve Anderson, pretty good staff too at Hawkeye Title and Settlement, Mike's E-Keys for Cars, GT Car and his crew at Supel's Building and Remodeling, Supel's Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROWS, the Midtown Family Restaurants, Hertine and Stocker Jewelers 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City, the Sanctuary Pub on South Gilbert, Premier Automotive in North Liberty, the Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas, Streets Maintenance, Wild Rose Casino in Clinton, Dirk Sterner Taxidermy, and Dr. Lance Forbes Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Here's Tom Suter along with Pat Hardy from HawkFanatic.com and Coach Don Patterson. All right, Coach. Well, uh, this Iowa team looked pretty good when you actually add an offense to a great defense and great special teams. Your thoughts from Saturday's game? Mm -hmm. That is so true. It, it's the game is so much easier, Tom, when you when you're able to rely on all three aspects: offense, defense, and kicking. Uh, that was a complete win. Uh, I made the comment after the game today: we look like a championship football team, no weaknesses. And just to give you an idea of how dominant we were, if you look at the top 15 parameters for winning, Rutgers won none of those 15. We won 13 of them ourselves. I mean, you expand it to the top 25 parameters, uh, they won exactly one. And that left us with 22, and there were a couple of ties. So really a, a totally dominant performance. Uh, just a resounding win. And, and the, the challenge for us going forward, can we do it again this weekend? Can we show the kind of consistency that a championship team does have? If we do it against Illinois and do it over in Lincoln, then we'll have the ultimate challenge to be able to do it in Indianapolis. Well, and it's going to be interesting, Don. Um, Illinois is a tough team to read. Just when you think they're done, they find life. Now they're five and five. I mean, they're. I mean, we're sitting here celebrating Iowa's four oh two, and rightfully so because it's great. And yet their backup quarterback threw for five oh six. I mean, explain this to me. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I, I watched some of the game, and I've already done all the analytics on all seven Big Ten games. I don't know that I've ever seen this before. Just to give you an idea, and I realize Indiana's got a lot of issues. A lot of issues. Uh, but whoever heard of 14 explosive plays in one game? That's how many Illinois had. I don't think. 14. And I, I've never heard of that. And they're not an explosive team, really. To put it in perspective, we've given up 12 explosive plays the entire season. <laughs> yeah. They I mean, had 14 in one game. And, Don, Tom Allen's a defensive coach. How does that happen? Right. What, what has happened? Was it a fluke? Was it an aberration? Or does the Iowa defense need to be aware that an Illinois team coming in red hot and capable of being explosive? Because I've never thought of this Illinois team as explosive. Well, this quarterback, of course, is uh, even though he hadn't gotten many starts at Illinois, uh, he's a veteran football player. I think we we know that. Yeah, yep. and I, I thought his comments after the game were interesting. He said, "Hey, I'm just out here having fun." Uh, <laughs> he doesn't feel any pressure whatsoever. Now he's going to feel some pressure in Kenny. He sure is. Uh, that's for sure. But it's a different lineup than what Indiana posts. <laughs> so um, we'll see how he handles um, all kinds of forms of pressure next next Saturday afternoon. And and while I'm thinking of it, let's start off by hats off to the crowd. Hats off to yeah. crowd noise because that made a difference in the game. Sure did. Three false starts, two on third down in that opening drive when they were near midfield. I mean, if you look at Rutgers, and Iowa deserves a lot of credit for this, but Don, I thought Rutgers played horribly. I, I Their quarterback never tried to run. I know Iowa was shadowing him, but if you're a Rutgers fan, you're really disappointed with that performance, aren't you, obviously? Well, you know, it was amazing to me that they didn't try to get the ball. Well, first off, I was going to say get the ball into the running back's hands more often. No. He had 13 carries for 39 yards. Their problem, of course, is they simply couldn't stay on the field. No. It was it was, uh, it was was a replay of Iowa-Penn State, except this time we were in Penn State's role. Yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. they, couldn't, they couldn't stay on the field, and they couldn't get us off the field. And uh, so the, and as a result of that, they have 13 series for their number one running back. Uh, and it helped that he got injured later in the game. But he runs hard. He was, he was not much of a fa- – he does run hard. He earned all 39 of those yards mm-hmm. he had. He sure did. And, and, um, and then beyond that, just to be able to consistently um, move the ball on offense. How about this for a key stat? I'll share it with you now. Um, and going into the game, I looked at all six of Rutgers games to see are there any parameters that identify the winning team six for six. And there were only two that did that. One 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 uh, aspect of play that they that the winner was identified with in all six games was average starting field position. So um, you know the report I gave to, to Kurt was we have to win on on the field position game. Uh, because the winning team in all six cases did that. Mm-hmm. And for that matter, we had won, I, I, looking at our six games, every starting field position identified the winner in five out of six games. The only exception to that was our game against Penn State. Here's the bad news. That's the only one of the top 15 parameters we won was field position, and we barely won that. We won it by 1.4 yards, um, 29-9 versus 28-5. So that was almost a push also. Uh, this time, though, we won it by, I don't remember the exact number, maybe about 10 yards, average starting field position, a 10-yard differential. If it's that kind of differential, you'll win the game just about every time. I thought, Don, the first two plays of the game, LaShawn for nine and then LaShawn for, was it 20, uh, 
33. Maybe. I mean, that just yeah, set the tone. Right. The offensive line had a surge, and Rutgers, to me, never seemed to match them, that front seven, physically. It just seemed like Iowa always had the edge. Yeah, I swear to God. Are you sure, Pat, you don't have my notes? Here's, what, here's my first entry. LaShawn for plus nine and plus 24 on the first two plays. Yeah. Set the, set the tone. That's exactly what I said. It really did. Yeah. You know, we let them know, we're going to be coming right at you. You better have your chin strap on really, really tight because we're not going to back off. And uh, it was just a wonderful way to start the game, to let them know who's in charge. And we reminded them periodically that, you know, talking about the quarterback and how they used him, I was really surprised. You know, they had some zone reads, and I swear, he should have pulled the ball a couple of times. Yes. Uh, and we did a pretty good job playing. You know what I mean by zone reads? Oh, sure, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the quarterback has a responsibility for the end man of the line of scrimmage. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a time or two, you know, I think Joe Evans did a good job of slow playing the quarterback there. He wasn't sure that he should pull the ball, so he reluctantly gave the ball to, to the back, and there was really no place to run. Uh, but a time or two, uh, incidentally, that same slow play uh, on the part of Joe Evans, it gave him a chance to still get in on the tackle sometimes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would just realize they needed a big play, and the guy's a dynamic runner. I would have been tempted to pull the ball a yes. couple of times for sure just to test us out on on that on that misdirection aspect of zone read. Don, there was one play in particular where he was rolling to his right towards the Rutgers bench, I'm like, God, they better get somebody on him because he's going to run. But instead of running, he forced a ball to the sideline that was not caught because it was defended well I can't, I, by Cooper, and he didn't run. It looks like he was probably 10 yards separate from Jay Higgins, would have had Higgins in a one-on-one match. If you're an option, elusive quarterback, you'd like to think you could win that even though Jay Higgins is very – but he chose to throw. He just looked confused, and it looks like he didn't trust his legs to run against Iowa. So is that Phil Parker working his magic in some ways? Well, that's part of it for sure. I, I think, listen, in uh, in his defense, he's still only twenty years old. Okay, you're right. Uh, and and Kinnick is not your typical environment. You know, there's there's no doubt about that. I think he was a little bit intimidated by our defense, a little bit intimidated by the crowd. Um, you know, he just played like he was a little bit on the inexperienced side, yeah. and, and they didn't give him a chance to really gain much confidence. We didn't, and. For that matter, in terms of play calling, you know, maybe it would have been okay to say, uh, Gavin, you know, if and now, pull the ball and run up the alley. You know, let's let's not just always hand it off. Uh, and um, they did run him a couple of times, but the play didn't even make much sense. I called it Q-Pop out. I think that's the best name for it. They had a back in the backfield with him, and they ran him, but they didn't, it, there was no misdirection involved. They basically just ran a, what we call a lead play or an ISO play with the back uh, leading for the quarterback. They ran it twice. They gained a total of four yards with it. Uh, so, but it's it's not what they typically have done with Gavin. He's he's pulled the ball primarily on his own read, and sometimes he absolutely should have pulled it in some of these other games. But the bottom line, he's so athletic. I think even though our guys were were not not making themselves an easy read, I'm talking about that backside end again. Uh, a time or two, I'm pretty sure, just with the element of surprise, if he'd have pulled the ball as athletic as he is, I think he would have been able to get around the corner with the ball. Yeah, yeah. And he, he didn't do it. He didn't play with much confidence. He did not. He did now, not. Well, I guess what we don't know, maybe he's a little bit dinged up. They didn't want him to carry the ball too much. But 
if that's the case, then why did they run him a couple of times on cue pop out? Yeah, it's, so that that made no sense either. I look um, at the stats. So, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say he's the eleventh eleventh leading rusher in conference play, and and he was averaging about fifty yards a game rushing in those conference games. Mm-hmm. And one way he did that, of course, is they they had a few. Let's not forget, you can run cue draw also. You can you can spread people out on third and medium, third and long. And let the quarterback be the ball carrier and let the back lead for him then. That's got a better chance than something like Q pop out on an early down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they never did that either. They never ran Q draw. I know there was a lot of attention brought to Deacon's 223. And believe me, it was huge. It was their first 200, just their fourth 200-yard passing game since the start of last season. And it was their first 400-yard offensive game in 32 games. I mean, all these That's wild just stuff. a shocking but number, But to me, the it? two most telling stats in this game, and Don, I'll see if you agree, the 197 yards rushing. I know there was 179 net with the 18 of, but to me, the 197 rushing from scrimmage. I know those. It's not the total what they finished with, but to me, that was the most important stat because without that, I don't think Deacon throws for 223. John, I mean, Iowa football is so much easier when they can run. Absolutely true. That's a true statement. Uh, and and let's not forget, we need to give some credit to those guys up front. Too. Oh, exactly, they, they, they were great. great they were good. They have absolutely, they have absolutely improved as a group. They were more physical and coming off the ball. There were better seams to run through. We stayed ahead of the chains pretty much all day. Yeah. Uh, there, incidentally, there was one other parameter that was uh, tied to the winner 100 percent of the time. Looking at at their six games again, believe it or not, it was actually critical down conversion success. The team that won that, three times it was Rutgers, three times it was the opponent. But in all six games, the team that had an edge on critical downs uh, went on to win the game. I made the comment to Kirk. I said, that's one parameter. I don't think we have to win because we've already beaten any number of teams when we didn't have an edge on critical downs. But here's here's the rest of that story. We had a significant edge on critical down success. We converted 11 out of 20. 55%, 55%, they had some dismal number that was something less than half that. I can't remember what it was. Oh, here, I've got, now what, okay, I've got the stats in front of you. What am I looking for critical now? Critical downs, what was their? What oh, was their I don't time? think two it does critical downs. It's just, I'm, Rutgers was, Rutgers was 2 of 11 on third downs, uh, and yeah. Iowa was 9 of 18. Unbelievable. Yeah. Huge difference. And then 2, and, two for 2 on fourth down. Yeah. And, and the key to our, uh, the obvious question is, how did we convert so well on critical downs? A much higher percentage of those were third and short. Yeah, no. yeah, we had third and one a lot. We sure did. Yeah, we did. Okay, yeah, and we we called we called hard hitting running plays with confidence because we were confident that we owned the line of scrimmage. So, Don, if you're Brett Bielema, how are you saying to yourself, God, is this is there is their offense finally showing a pulse? And are we going in there at the wrong time? What do you think Brett's attitude is, and what do you think Brett's game plan will be on Saturday? Well, there's um, let me let me follow up by saying this: there are all kinds of reasons that we ended up with 402 yards. Yes. One reason is one reason we need to address is because of the play caller. Yeah, uh, sure. I thought Brian really, had a good day. He I sure really did. did. Brian did a really nice job of giving Deacon plays that were pretty uh, pretty easy to make, mm-hmm. giving him a lot of high percentage throws. And the obvious question about throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage, are, is your perimeter blocking going to be good enough to, to make positive yards with that? Or is the ball carrier going to be electric enough to make a guy miss? And the answers in both cases were yes. Mm-hmm. 
perimeter blocking was good. I'll just cite one particular play. How about the touchdown with with Brown? There were two really good perimeter blocks by two young tight ends. Two young tight ends got excellent blocks, uh, and that still required Caleb to run through a tackle, and he did that. He ran through a tackle and scored a touchdown from 10 yards out. Yeah, no, that was a good play. Caleb yeah, kind of kind of arrived, I think, a little bit. Uh, well, they're Saturday. figuring out how to use him, yep. and he's. Yep. Fo- I mean, remember, he didn't dress for a game earlier this year, and I, it was. Pre- I think he's more focused now, and I, I, I he's he's trusted the process, and now he's being rewarded. And Deontay Vines is hurt. I mean, that's part of the that reason um, he was given his chance. And so, if so, if you're Brett, though, I mean. Is it going to be come in and make Iowa stop the run, load the box, make him throw? What do you think he's thinking? Well, you know, one thing that did help us, uh, we had quite a bit of empty. Uh, you know what I mean by empty? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, no back with the no, quarterback. Yeah. Um, and that gave Deacon a lot of quick, short throws to make. Incidentally, some of those throws were to running backs that were lined up as the outside receivers. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Did that a lot. Uh, LaShawn did a good job, especially on one play. I remember, yep. you know, they caught it, but he, he advanced it maybe almost 20 yards simply because, again, he's a he's a dynamic runner out in space, and he made a tackle miss, and now the race is on again. So um, uh, here's one thing we have to be ready for. Uh, if we go to empty, somebody is going to be smart enough to give us what we call zero blitz. And by that, I simply mean just think about this. If you have – if you have five linemen, it's pass protection, and that's it. There's no back with you. There's not even an attached tight end. When I say attached, I mean he's lined up right next to the tackle. Mm-hmm. So he could become a pass blocker, right? Yes. We don't even have that. And empty, we don't. We have two short edges, right? There's just five linemen there. That's it. Well, the obvious solution, here's one option you could have as a defensive play caller, uh, and you'd have to make this automatic because you don't necessarily know when we're going to go empty. But what you could do is say, okay, if they go empty, we're going to bring six. We're going to bring six and play straight man coverage, and we're going to press up on the receivers because we know they have no choice but to catch and throw, right? That's what you have to do because if you're bringing six, just to envision envision three pass rushers on one side of the ball uh, to the left side of our offense, let's say, the other three on the right side, well, you've only got five linemen. Somebody's coming free. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so your only alternative, what you could do is is make a call saying, okay, we're going to go ahead and, and run what we call a sprint pass. We're going to all reach to the left and throw to the left. I'm going to run. I'm going to leave the pocket now and run to the left. Or more logically, since we're right-handed, be a better call to reach to the right, block all the Mark those five defenders that are coming. I'm sorry, mark the five we, we can block. Turn the backside guy loose. And now roll right and make a quick throw. Right? So that's, that is an option for you. That's about it. There's mm-hmm. really not much you can do because the advantage the defense has in coverage, they know the ball's going to have to come out in about 1.8 yeah. seconds. Yeah. You know, because somebody's going to be around the quarterback's neck. Uh, now, we're going to see that. Somebody's going to be smart enough to do that to us. We better have a plan for it, and I don't doubt that we do. Uh, I'd like to think we don't have to use that plan, but we better be prepared for zero blitz if we're in empty. Uh, that's just one comment I'll make about going forward. Uh, is Brett Bielema smart enough to maybe consider doing that? Yeah, he is. Uh, that, they might do that to us. We need to be prepared for it, that's for sure. Now, Illinois, their defense obviously has some issues, as Indiana showed, but 
they got two of the best defensive linemen in the in Randolph, but the one uh, number four is it Johnny Newton. He's one yeah. of the, he might he might be Higgins' biggest competition for defensive play. He is really good. You know what I'm talking about, Don. Number four for Illinois. I, do. He, I mean, he's lights out. The he's going to be a problem. The only um, game in which he didn't have much productivity is when he had to miss the first half. For yeah, targeting because of a because of a targeting call in the previous game. He's really good. Uh, he's been dynamic against everyone, uh, and he'll he'll be all we want to try to handle. That's for sure. So it'll be a challenge to control him all day. Uh, what helps a lot, though, is is uh, Brian did a good job of giving Deacon a lot of quick throws he that he did. could make, get the ball out in a hurry, sometimes across the line of scrimmage, sometimes behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, they both had good effect. So um, what do I expect out of Illinois? I wouldn't be surprised if they try to um, try to load the box and play a lot of man-free uh, with press coverage, man-free tight, mm-hmm. as we call it, because – the beauty of that, of course, you just don't have help over the top with that free safety uh, playing deep. Uh, I don't know that they'll do that, but that's one good way to play us, of course, is to dare us to throw and not give us a lot of easy high percentage throws. So I'm sure our guys are prepared for that possibility. And if they if they do that to us, we have to we have to find a way to counter that, of course. And and the best way to counter it, you've always heard me talk about this. You got to scare them out of playing that style of defense. And the only way to do that is with, with plays that are designed to defeat man coverage. And you've heard me refer to those as man beaters. Mm-hmm. You've got to have enough of them to get them out of, the, get them out of that defense. You've got to scare them out of it. Uh, and we did not do a good job of that, obviously, against Minnesota. Um, but I suspect we're going to be a lot better prepared for it the next time it happens to us. And it really didn't happen to us against against Rutgers, they prefer, isn't it amazing? It was almost like you were watching us play in, in some earlier games. Very, very conservative play calling on the part of Rutgers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, they're on the they're on the plus 45-yard line, maybe across midfield. Incidentally, as close as they got was the plus 42. Mm-hmm. They never even came anywhere near the red zone. Uh, but they were out across midfield a couple of times in the first half. And they maybe had third and five, third and I six. I believe their first possession of the game. And they ran the ball. Yeah. And you might even argue the strategy was okay. Kind of reminds you of something we might do. And I say the strategy was okay because we ended up start catching the punt on the five-yard line. So they did give us a tough field position as a result of being conservative on third and medium out at midfield. The negative side of it, you've always heard me use that analogy, you can't steal second with your foot on first. You know, you got to try to make some plays on offense. You, yeah, I say it this way: If you're waiting for us to make a mistake, then it may not work out for you. Um, you know, because we didn't make many mistakes. We made one big mistake. That's it. And um, so they gave us long fields, but giving us a long field is not that big a deal for us, because even if we struggle to lose the ball, we can still punt it to the other end. And uh, and every time we traded punts, incidentally, we picked up quite yeah. a few yards. So the, the punting game was, uh, you know, Tory was more back to uh, the old version of Tory, and and uh, that means we're going to win yardage every time we trade punts. I mean, studying Rutgers coming in, and one of the things, their notes and everything they were pushing is they've been dominating time of possession. They've had a lot of long, extended drives. Greg yeah. Shano seems to like to play the way Kirk does, you know, use the clock, chew up time. 
it seems like even when they realized they weren't moving the ball, they still stayed with that mindset. And to me, it was self-defeating. I mean, it just they ended up with 127 yards because they kept. It seems like they kept trying to work the clock, and they just wanted to get to the end of the game and hopefully maybe make a field goal. I don't know. It was just a really weird mentality. But you think it's because that's how they play football, and they just weren't used to it. Now, I mean, they had a lot of yards in most of their games this year. I, I mean, the Ohio well, State game. I mean, it was weird how they couldn't adapt. Yeah, they are getting Ohio State in. Yeah, um, I think they, I think they simply uh, underestimated our ability to play, to play the right kind of ball control football, and that is simply make realize this that uh, when you look at turnover margin for the season, they were plus five, we were minus three. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I think I think Shano expected we're going to win on turnovers. We're going to be plus two on turnovers. We're not going to do anything stupid. Uh, because if we give if we give Deacon Hill a chance to, he'll make enough mistakes. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. Make, he made one mistake. That's it. And, and it was uh, a big one. That, Luckily, though, it was, it was throwing it was thrown so poorly, Don, that that guy couldn't pick six. It a better throw. That's a pick six. And that guy, but yeah, I, no, that, that's a concept. Uh, you know, I was just thinking uh, at halftime we we got three. We're up three nothing. We should be up as a minimum nine nothing. Uh-huh. I'm basing that on one more field goal rather than the miss. Uh, and at the very worst, a field goal on that last possession. Uh, you just got to realize, even uh, think of it this way. You know, when we're up by seven, when we're up by seven, it, the other team feels like we're up by 14 because they're having to go against Iowa defense. Mm-hmm. Now, the bad side of that, when we're down by seven, it feels like in the past, it feels like we've been down by 14. Yeah. You know, because we have a hard time coming back from any kind of deficit. So my point is, even if we're just up 6 nothing at the half, that's that's different than three. That's oh, different yeah. than three nothing. It sure is. It is, uh, and um, it's just unfortunate that we, and 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 I, I'll put a little bit of um, the primary blame for that play, of course, is Deacon. Sure. But I will say this: that that was a smash flag concept. The concept is not all bad. What we're trying to do, uh, the number two receiver for us was Nico, uh, number two on the on the on the trip side of the formation. Nico's job. Uh, was to to win the back pylon. That was his job, uh, and that's a good safe throw, you know, because you're thinking, okay, it's either a touchdown or it's it's out of the end zone, and we can still kick on fourth down. So in that regard, I'm sorry, on the next down, if we we probably had time for two more plays because we had 14 seconds, we still had a timeout. So if the, if the flag route to Nico goes incomplete, takes maybe six seconds for that at the most. We still got eight seconds or more. Probably got time to run one more play, and even if we do get tackled with the ball on the field of play, we can still kill the clock and kick the field goal. So we probably could have had two more shots, that that play plus one more play, if we just simply thrown the ball away, as an example. And the route wasn't very good by Seth. I would recommend, if you're going to run that concept on the goal line, and you're, you're the smash part of the concept, your job is to tie down that corner, in the front part of the end zone, so we do have one-on-one on the throw to the to the back pylon. Uh, the route was shaky. He allowed the guy to have position on him. He should have kept position toward the ball on the corner, and the guy had a chance to undercut him, of course. And as you mentioned, Pat, kind of a scary play because it's conceivable that he might go to the other end zone with it. Yeah. Um, so that cornerback's really good. Wasn't that Max Milton? He's, that, that was a really good cornerback making that play, too. So... So yeah. yeah, but so it's still a, still a learning experience sure. for Deacon, and again, it wasn't Deacon's fault. Uh, you know, need a better route out of Seth. 
Uh, incidentally, Nico could have done a better job winning to the flag. Uh, his route didn't present a lot of good options either. Uh, but again, the, the idea behind the concept is you either it's a toe tap in the back of the end zone, or you just simply, if it's well covered, you throw it off the field. Lives to find another down. Well, the the magic number for Iowa appears to be eight. If Iowa gets ahead in any game by eight or more points in the last seventy-two games, we are seventy and two. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Yes, it is. It it speaks volumes about our defense, of course, and our ability to protect the lead. It, It says a lot of good things about the offense too. It means we don't we don't give the other team many opportunities with our own mistakes. Let's not forget huge disparity on penalties too. Not just this game, but all kinds of games. We simply don't draw many fouls. There's another team in the league that also does a great job of not being penalized. And, Pat, that's your Wolverines at Michigan. Mm -hmm. They often finish games with zero penalties, too. We do that if we have have a penalty or two. That's about it. Not many. Uh, And let's face it, teams that come into Kennedy invariably end up with a few false starts. And... uh, I made a comment last week. Our fans have to bring their A game too. They absolutely did. That was a really vocal crowd. Uh, is there any doubt in your mind at two thirty this Saturday, with a chance to clinch the championship, oh, it's the be West rocking. Division championship on the line? Our fans are going to be ready all over again. I'm sure. Yep. Iowa zero penalties, zero yards. Rutgers seven penalties, forty yards. But here's another interesting stat, or stats, I should say. The 63, 54, and 53, that's LaShawn Williams, Caleb Johnson, and Jay-Z and Patterson's rushing totals from that game. I can't remember a time when three running backs made almost an identical contribution. I mean, it was really impressive how Liddell rotated those. I think LaShawn got a little injured there for a while, and that gave Caleb a window to come in there, and he was ready to go. Talk about that, Don, the the depth they have at running back. These three are healthy, and I like all of them. Talk about Talk about not just the yards were evenly distributed. The carries were evenly yes, distributed. Yes, they were. To 14 carries, 13 carries, 10 carries. Yep. Uh, just imagine how the other team feels. Uh, my gosh, pick your poison. Which one do you want to tackle? None of them are any fun. Uh, they're all good. And uh, and it's so you just keep saying you never play with a tired running back. Nope. That's the beauty of that. Uh, and let's face it, uh, poor Wisconsin's a good example. You know, they're now. Um, Braylon did play three snaps, I noticed. He tried to go, mm-hmm. but he had three carries for three yards. That was it. And at that point, I guess they simply realized he's not ready. Uh, so here's Wisconsin having to play with a third running back. And the bad news for them, one and two are down, uh, although Braylon did have three snaps, three carries. But let's face it, even if we just had to play with one of those three backs and play with that same guy all day long, we're not going to get the same productive results. Because fatigue is going to be part of it. Oh, no, you're right. But the running back himself, though, would still be quality. Whereas I think at Wisconsin, the the level of talent has dropped significantly going from one to three, wouldn't you say? Whereas at Iowa, I think the level of talent from one to three is pretty similar. These three guys, to me, are all good in their own way is what I'm saying. But, yeah, to have three is way better. Yeah, you're right. I couldn't help but notice that third guy, Ackers, I think his name is. Yeah, Jackson Acker. Yeah, he didn't even have the majority of the carries. There's some other guy that had more carries than he did. An Italian and name, just, right? Like a Mosca, Yeah, I think so. Oscar Kelly or something like that. to me, just watching him against us, he's a big, strong back, but he is not to be confused with Braylon, Braylon no. Allen. Or Chaz uh, Malusi. Or, or Malusi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, 
you know, the beauty of our three guys, they're all productive. They're all, in my mind, they're all better than Wisconsin's number three back. Yeah. And that gives us a, a chance to not have any drop-off from one ball carrier to the next. And Iowa does reload it tight end, and you're seeing it now. Otteson Estrenga had eight catches in that game. He had 47 yards, and then and then was, Ortworth. And yeah, that, that was that one of those play. where that was a complete breakdown. The biggest thing with Ortworth is had, that he caught that ball because that would have been an easy ball to drop down when you're that wide open. And but and I think it was um, Deacon even said he saw Ortworth's eyes getting bigger and bigger as the ball was. <laughs> that would a lot of guys may have choked and dropped that ball because you know Don sometimes you can be almost too wide open. Yeah, and really one reason that play worked, it's a, it's a little bit of a non-traditional formation. Uh, we had um, uh, the uh, freshman on the left side of the line, you know, lined up next to the left tackle. And then we had a wing tight end right there beside him. And then to mess with him a little bit, we motioned the wing tight end back in the backfield mm-hmm. yeah, like he was an offset fullback. But even when we snapped it, he still came out of the backfield. Uh, and he, he clearly occupied... Uh, the corner with his release down the field. It was a wheel route, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the mistake that was made, the safety ended up triggering on that same wheel route. And now, all of a sudden, there's a big seam, of course, down the field. And the fact that we uh, there was no good fifth post underneath, no linebacker to to play that throw, simply because we're we was driving a, a receiver on the other side of the field across the field, and his presence in front of the linebacker kind of tied him down made for an easier throw down that seam. And to Deacon's credit, he gave him a very catchable ball. He did. And, uh, and to that young man's credit, he, he knew what to do with it. He ran further than he could ever imagine running in a football game as a young player. Tom, uh, how long was it? I, I forget. It was, it was 50. Yeah. And I'm, let me see. It was the longest pass play of the season. It was – let me see. I got it right here in front of me. I just got to find it. It was beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely 54. I've got it here. Uh, yeah, 54. Yeah, it was the longest play. I had 36 had been the longest play prior to that. So, yes, it was very, very impressive. It was needed, too, because it just seemed to kind of just to continue. It's like the offense was just, wow, look at this. Look what can happen when things are working yeah. well, the quarter, when you're running. And, and, and it was fun to see. Now, Tom and I were talking before the show. I mean, you could make – to me, the Big Ten Coach of the Year is down to two. And I say this, I guess you almost don't even count Ohio State. I'm not going to count Michigan, obviously. You can't, no. but, but Ryan Day is undefeated, and I'm not even – but to me, David Braun right now would be my pick ahead of Kirk. Now, if Iowa goes 10-2 and two and Northwestern goes 7-5, and five, I still stay David Braun, and I think Kirk will have done a great job. Don't get me wrong, but, Don, I had Iowa finishing 10-2, and two, and I had them winning the West. I had Northwestern. I went back and looked. I had them going 2-10 and 10 or 1-11. and 11. And they're five and five, and they play Purdue and Illinois. They could go seven and five, and to me, that's incredible. Can you talk about the job both head coaches have done? Because they're to me the clear cut choices yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. David Brown has done a great job, uh, and just to put it in perspective, you know they had a dismal season last year. Yeah, they were and, one and eleven with Fitz. And Fitz is out in what July? Yeah, I, don't know, I mean yeah. it was yeah. Uh, so you know, here we got camp next starting up next week, and we got a. We got an interim coach, uh, and the players, of course, I'm sure that's a huge blow to them. And, and yet, and and um, truthfully, they've been fairly consistent all season. Uh, ben Bryant was clearly their best quarterback. He played well in the early season. He goes down, and now the backup comes in and plays well. Yeah. At least played well until they ran into Iowa. Iowa tends to do that to opposing quarterbacks. It's hard to look good against Iowa. 
but he, he looked good in a lot of other games. Uh, now Ben Bryant is back. They've had other injuries, as we have. We've had more than our fair share of injuries, too. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is they've been a really resilient, gritty bunch of young men, uh, and you got to give them a lot of credit. I didn't give them much chance to go into Camp Randall and win. But no, I didn't either. They only went. They only won. They made it look easy. They did. Uh, and Mordecai was back. The quarterback was back. Oh, he so was? Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin had a reason to feel really optimistic about the game, and, and yet the game was over by halftime. You know, it was – I think they had 24 at the half, didn't they? I, I, th- I think so. And it ended up being 24-9, to 9, but Wisconsin's offense – I'm sure – I mean, I bet – I'm sure Badger fans are like, what the hell is going on? I mean, this is – they're not – and granted, it's his first year, but this has not been a step forward – no, for Wisconsin, right? So, Don, would you be surprised if Northwestern doesn't make Brown the fe- full-time head coach? I would be very surprised if they don't make him take off that interim ta- tag. Uh, I think he's earned that. Yeah, I agree. He's done a nice job. No, I agree. So, okay, now yeah. talking about head coaches, I got to get your comments on the Jimbo Fisher, Texas A and M. I mean, the money involved. I mean, I know they've got oil money and they got deep pockets, but Don, have you been following that at all? Well, I'm aware of the number seventy six million. I think I heard <laughs> that's just to go away, and he's already made over that money. I mean, he was making ten million a year. It's just, a, I thought I saw something one hundred seventeen million. Well, not only is it seventy six million, but if he gets another job. Next year, he still gets the seventy-six million. The money. It doesn't. It's guaranteed. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're right about one thing. Um, down in Texas, the, the phrase that people use a lot when you ask someone, "What kind of work do you do?" the answer might be, "I'm in the oil business." <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's B-I-D-N-E-S-S business. And uh, let's face it, you know there are a lot of engineers uh, that that have acquired a lot of money and. A lot of them graduated at A&M, so they got plenty of money to work with. It, it seems comical, though, that you would extend the coach that that much in terms of contract. Uh, and, and let's back up. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he ended up kind of wearing out his welcome at Florida State. Is that yes, right? Yes, a little bit. Yes, yes he did. Yes, he well, did. I'd say this to anybody who wants to hire a coach. If you're struggling to win at Florida State, that's a bad sign. You're right about that because uh, Mike Norville. So you might not want to. You might not want to offer that coach that lost the Florida State job. You might not. You might think twice about offering him a lot of money to do your job. Yeah, I was stunned. Uh, what a uh, poorly negotiated contract on on the part of Texas A and M. Yeah, we make fun of Gary Barter in Iowa. Oh God, God. That compared to that, they're the iron wall. You know, no, that was. Yeah, I'm thinking how much, how much, uh, how much leverage does Jimbo Fisher have? He just got fired at Florida State. I don't think you had to pay him quite that much. No, I agree. Uh, or, or find somebody, find a better coach that's a little bit cheaper. That might be a good idea. <laughs> the funny thing is the the Dan Lanning is like the, all the Texas A and M people are. But to me and Don, I may I don't think is Oregon is f- going from Oregon as about to enter the Big Ten to te- is that a major major step up? Texas A and M. No, and, and Oregon's got plenty of money too. Yes, yes shoe money compared Nike. to. But some some of the now Mike Elko's another name, the Duke coach. I could see going from Duke to Tech. But it's funny. I read a story, or I, I, uh, it was it was more of a commentary about Texas A and M is a great, great, great job, one of the greatest jobs ever. They just haven't found the right coach to expose that to show that. Do you agree with that? 
Well, first off, I, I question their judgment about joining the SEC. I think they have maybe been better off. I agree with that. Staying in the Big Twelve. But, I agree with that. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I do remember um, when I was at West Point. One of my fondest wins was at Texas A and M because we were not supposed to beat them. I do remember that. Uh, uh, incidentally, you know. My brother-in-law was uh, an A&M grad. My dad went to A&M until, until Pearl Harbor. He went to A&M, and then he was in the Army. So you've got a connection. But, um, yeah, it's a wonderful school. You know, it's a great sure. school, and and um, they do have a proud tradition of football. But but uh, the challenge for them, of course, there's another school in Austin called the University of. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, you know, it's hard to beat Texas in recruiting, too. A&M does it sometimes. Uh, but sometimes not. That's safe to say. And and let's face it, one argument to stay in Texas, stay at the University of Texas rather than go to A&M is A&M's road games are way out of state. Yeah, that's a good point. Somewhere in Texas road games. Well, up until now, they've been in, the, in, in Texas or in the Midwest, a little easier drive maybe. But, of course, Texas is off the, the SEC also, so it shows you what I know. They, yeah, isn't it weird? Yeah, I, I think... Uh, and incidentally, it's going to be interesting for the Big 12. The thing they do not need is for is for Texas to be playing against Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game because they're both leaving after yeah. this year. And it could happen. And they may end up with that. Yes, they might. No, yeah, no, yeah. that's an interesting. You know, my niece uh, <clears throat> teaches. She's a professor and head of her department at Texas A&M. I've been checking. She hasn't said anything about it, but I check her friends. And some of her friends uh, evidently weren't aware how much he was making because uh, they're like ripping, ripping the school. Uh, well, they, very should, upset. they should be. Well, the next head coach is going to make a lot of money there, too. Yes, I mean, that's just, yes he is. That's sure. just the nature of the beast right now. And it's going to be interesting to see who they hire. Tom, did you have? Yeah. How, how about Nebraska now? Okay. Now, <laughs> they have to win either at Wisconsin or beat Iowa in the last game of the season to become bowl eligible. Both what, could happen. Both could happen. What do you guys think about that? Well, you know, you heard me say a week ago, the toughest game remaining on our schedule, I have to believe, is Rutgers. And one reason I say that, Nebraska plays really solid defense. They do. But they're the same kind of team that can turn it over five times yeah. in one game mm-hmm. as they did yesterday. Uh, I'm sorry, as they did on Saturday. Uh, so... Uh, it just depends on what happens with Nebraska. They they just got an uncanny. Right now, I believe they lead the nation, I think, in fumbles lost. It's brutal. Uh, they're up there. You know, we don't turn it over, and they do. You know, it's hard to imagine we're not going to win turnovers in Lincoln. We still have to do it, of course. Uh, and I'm sure that their defense understands, listen, if we're going to turn it over on offense, we have no choice but to generate turnovers with our defense. And, and um I don't know that they're going to be able to do that against us because we have a, a really good habit of protecting the ball. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, I watched USC again. They're What are they now, 7-4? and four? I think they are, yeah. Their defense is just – I mean, their defense is terrible. It's going to be interesting to see how a team – I mean, Lincoln Riley now, the glow is definitely rubbed off. If I'm a Oklahoma fan, I'm saying, eh, maybe we aren't missing much. I mean – Don, what Lincoln Riley's got to find a top-notch defensive coordinator because, I mean, he's got so much on offense. But um, what are your thoughts on USC as they get ready to join the Big Ten? 
Well, Bill Brazier always said, and he was right, he always said the only problem with being with relying on your offense to simply outscore people, what do you do in that rare occasion when they turn it over three times? Yeah. You know, and maybe they, in general, do a good job protecting the ball. But what if they, what if they lose out on several possessions? And of course, when you turn it over, you're not just giving up the ball; you're giving up field position too. You're mm-hmm. giving up opportunity to score from that point forward. So it's hard to always win scoring contests, and that's what that's what Southern Cal knows now. Uh, it gives you so much more margin for error when you simply don't allow the other team to score a lot of points. And um, and I know you could argue. If you take us as the other extreme, uh, it puts a lot of pressure on any defense, you know, to protect a, a small lead. And invariably, we've had to do that, and we've done a great job of that over recent years. Uh, but it still gives you, uh, especially when the here's another factor for SC. You're going to be playing more games in the Midwest, yep. and and you're going to have more weather issues in November than you'll ever have in Southern California. Or for that matter, maybe even up and down the Pacific the coast. coast. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's going to be a little harder to win if the wind chills uh, part of the weather report for the game. It's going to be a little tougher for you to play your traditional brand of football because people are still going to move the ball on you unless you shore up your defense, and that productive offense is going to struggle more than what you're used to. I still remember we had a playoff game against Eastern Illinois when I was over at Western. And they had a lot of skill players from Florida. And it was played in early December. Uh, and we beat them 40, let's see, 47 to 9, I think it was. Something like that. Incidentally, that was Tony Romo's last game at Eastern Illinois. Wow. Uh, and one reason we won the game so convincingly, it was a cold early December day. And those players did not want to be part of that, especially who wants a hard hit, especially on a cold day. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing against the Leathernecks, you're going to get some hard hits. Uh, and so we beat them convincingly. And one reason, I think, was because of the weatherman. Uh, you know, the weather was not conducive to guys coming up from, uh, that have at least grown up in Florida. They never played in a cold weather game maybe until that day. But we certainly had one that day in McComb. I wanted to mention, and I watched a big chunk of it, um, Iowa State's win was very impressive. And there's an Iowa connection. I'm doing this Kevin Bacon's. I mean, Nate Shieldhouse is doing yep. it. I thought he did a great job of play calling in that game. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. And his father, I believe, is former Iowa defensive back Nate Creer. I believe. I know it's a former – I think that's who it is. Can you I correct? think you're right. I, I know – okay. Right. And, I mean, that's nice I'm not suggesting that Nate Shieldhouse should be who Kirk Ferentz goes after, but I'll tell you what, I've been very impressed with what he's done with that offense. Your thoughts, Don? Absolutely true, and I, I do know someone that knows him very well and is not just impressed with him as a coach, but impressed with him as a person. I know he's a really top-notch person. Uh, it's safe to say Iowa State does not want to lose him because he is very definitely an asset to their football program. And I say if you're Kirk, I no problem going after him. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. business. I mean, I mean, um, he played at Illinois, and he was recruited by Iowa. I mean, Iowa was a school that he seriously considered – but to me, that's he's somebody you realistically could go after now. Yes, it's, but just because he's at Iowa State, that's not out of respect, a hands-off thing, is it, Don? I mean, how did the coaching network work? You go after whoever you want, don't you? I would say so. He certainly belongs on the list. He's certainly an outstanding young coach that's done a good job with their offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were impressive. That was an yeah, impressive I mean, the win. Way this season, the way this season started, it looked like 
it looked like uh, they were in for a difficult season. Mm-hmm. And they somehow managed to get that turned around. They sure have. Uh, you know, credit to Matt Campbell and all those guys on his staff. You've always heard me talk so positively also about John Haycock. Yes, I have. he got two outstanding coordinators, uh, and that's one reason they win. Their coaches know how to know how to assist players with uh, improvement from one week to the next. And, and, you know, the same version applies to Iowa. You know, when you play Iowa in November – it's going to be a more difficult assignment than September because I was got an annoying habit of getting better from one week to the 16 next. Sixteen and one, isn't that incredible? Yeah. and you don't want to play us in November. That's the true statement. No, it's I just I I hadn't really considered Shieldhouse because I mean, I wrote something last week mentioning, of course, Paul Christ and the Ryan Grubb. If you're thinking way way out there, but Nate Shieldhouse to me is an obvious candidate for the Iowa job if you can just get over the Iowa Iowa State not wanting to create hard feelings, but hey, this is big time football. You gotta do what you do. And he's I mean, he's got an Iowa connection and but yeah, no, I, I watched that game and I'm impressed with what Rocco Beck is becoming. I didn't think he was I thought his lack of height I wasn't that impressed with how he played against Iowa, but man, he's turning out to be a good quarterback. He looked excellent. He did. Did you watch any of the BYU game done? I did not, but I but I will say this. Let's not forget that that um, that Rocco's a football junkie. He's grown sure. up with football. Yep. Yes, he has. His dad, of course, is an outstanding coach, and uh, not surprising to me that he's playing really well as a young player, simply because he's not likely to make as many mistakes as the average young player. And then I looked, I watched Georgia play, and wow! I mean, they are. I keep forgetting they've won the last two national championships. They are poised. I mean. When you watch Georgia, Don, are I mean, how how good are they again this year? I mean, they just dismantled Old Miss, who came in. weren't they ranked like eighth, Old Miss or ninth? Yeah. I mean, Depending did you see you did you at. see any of that game? I watched a little. I didn't, but I've I've, I've I coached a game between the hedges one time, and they beat us something like fifty to twenty, as I recall. Uh, and of course, it's kind of a measure of accomplishment to get twenty points against sure. Georgia. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hard to do. Especially in Athens, so um, yeah, they're outstanding. They've got, you know, they've got great personnel on both Everywhere. sides of the ball. You know, we talk about winning all three aspects of the game. I'm not really that up at all on their kicking game, but I certainly know that their offense and defense are always going to be a force to be reckoned with. And and um, I don't know who's who's going to beat them. It's they might win three in a row. It's entirely possible. Yeah, I mean Kirby Smart is done. He's done Incredible. a hell of a job. To be able to do that with Nick Saban still thriving and what have you, no, it's been quite an accomplishment. So, okay, before we wrap up, though, let's go back to Saturday's matchup. Obviously, turnovers are going to be huge. They always are. Yeah. And how big, I mean, how confident are you that Iowa's going to come out and run for 125, to somewhere between 125 and 175? I mean, are you, do, you, do you think that can be done against this Illinois defense? You know, I just don't know enough about them yet. I do know, of course, they've got a couple of dominant defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, they did have some significant graduation losses, but mostly in the back end. And they're paying the price. Uh, I mean, Indiana shredded them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they still have issues in the back end. The question is, can we take advantage of them down the field with some passing concepts? Uh, obviously, part of our game has to be giving Deacon a chance to make high-percentage throws mm-hmm. and and just relying a lot on our ability to make something happen after the catch. Uh, we did a good job of that against Rutgers, so I think we had that same opportunity against Illinois. Uh, 
I, I don't know how it's going to play out. I, I think we certainly have to be prepared to, um, to we got to be able to prepare to defeat man coverage because that would be tied into them loading up to defend the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to be able to do that. And, and uh, I don't know that they'll play us that way, but I would suspect they might. It certainly worked well for Minnesota. Incidentally, isn't it amazing? Think about this. The three teams we were tied with two weeks ago, they not only all lost on the same weekend, they lost on the same weekend on consecutive weekends. <laughs> the worst thing that could have no, happened to Minnesota was that two weekends. that victory over Iowa. It seems like they've fallen apart. So maybe, they re- maybe they feel guilty for the – for the punt return, I, I, I say that kiddingly. Well, guys, we got to. I was going to say, Purdue's really been an up and down team. They have been. You know, they've looked really good at times. And terrible at times. Other times, not so good. And that's part of the challenge for us. I, I, I don't doubt that Kirk's going to make a point of this. You know, our challenge is to be consistent from one week to the next. Uh-huh. And let me just take you back in history. Let's not forget. Remember that, that blowout we had here against Ohio State? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of course. Yeah, I remember the next week, too. the next week, <laughs> Yeah. Tom brings that up often. Oh, my God. I've never seen anything like it. It was night and day. So, Don, I wanted to ask yeah. you, how much is the BLM a factor, a factor in this? Is it old news now? Or, or is she going to get there and say, guys, this is, I, want, I want to beat my alma mater more than anything. I love being a Hawk. But, you know, I mean, how much is that a factor in Saturday's game, do you think? Well, the one thing I'm sure, you know, Brett's, Brett's a little bit like Kirk, and I, I, I appreciate both of them because they're not, a, they're not afraid to show their emotion. And sure. I think, let me just take you back in time. Uh, when I first got to Buffalo, uh, Jeff Quinn, our head coach, uh, he said, Don, one of the reasons I'm hiring you now, I'm going to ask you for your opinion sometimes. I want you to be honest with me. And I said, I'll, I will. I'll do that. And one time he asked me early on, he said, what do you think about the way our, our team's sizing up? And I said, I said, Jeff, here's part of our problem. Our players, all they know is that you yell and scream a lot. And they somehow think you don't even really like them. Uh, what they don't realize is you not only like them, you actually love them. So don't be afraid to let them know that you care about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Trestle famously said, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, our players know how much Kurt cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the bad news for us, I guess, if there is any, uh, Illinois players know how much Brett cares. You know, they, they both understand how to treat their players. And, um, you know, they don't want to disappoint their coaches. Uh, head coach on down to position coach. They don't want to disappoint them. So that's going to be a challenge because I'm sure Brett, um, whether he says anything directly about it or not, those players know this game means a little bit more to Coach Bellman because we're back in the stadium he played in. And so let's not disappoint him with our efforts. Okay. Um, now, the only problem with that is, our players know how Kirk feels about about them too, and mm-hmm. I don't doubt for a second we're going to get a monumental effort out of our players, in in, in part because they don't want to disappoint Kirk. It's going to be a fun game, He's Captain. What's the what's the weather like Saturday? It's going to be great. It's going to be even better than last Saturday. Uh, even better, sunny, wow. mid fifties, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, I've always said this. A lot of young coaches have asked me through the years. Give me some advice about how to become a great head coach, and I've always told them. One thing you have to do, you have to be, and one out of two is not good enough. You have to be liked and respected by your players. If you're liked and not respected, that's not good. If you're respected but not liked, that's not good either. you got to have both of them on your side. Kirk is liked and respected by his players. I shouldn't say liked. He's loved and respected by his players. Uh, 
I would think that that Illinois probably feels very much the same toward Brett because you've heard that term players coach. Yes. I think they see Brett as a players coach. Uh, you know, Brett's been a player, so he understands how to treat a player. Uh, he understands the right way to treat their players. Uh, that's one reason that he was able to win at Wisconsin. Of course, he inherited a, a good program from Alvey, but but he didn't do anything to damage it, that's for sure. If anything, mm-hmm. he made it better. I mean, Brett's a nice guy. I can speak from that from experience. Well, I He's loved interviewing a, him. He yeah. was just When we had him on incredible. this radio show, man, he gave us everything he had during that time. So and emotional and... Talking about the death of his sister, which at the time I wasn't aware of. But no, Brett is just a really super nice guy. It's I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this 2.30 kickoff. Have we covered everything? Is there anything we haven't? 58 for the Weather Channel says the temperature. 58? On, 58. I mean, and, I mean, Don, that's perfect football weather, and especially for late November. In November, you should you should be happy with anything above fifty. That's for sure. There you Especially go. if you're dry. There you go. I just wanted to yeah. say how really odd this football season has been, and we've still got four more chapters to write. What are your thoughts on that, Don? Yeah, you're right. It has been an interesting season. Uh, you know, who would expect that we would have so much adversity with our injuries on offense? Uh, and we didn't know, of course, how the replacements would do on defense. Uh, this defense looks every bit as good as last year's defense. Yeah, you might yeah. even argue they're better. They're certainly in the in the ballpark, very much the same. How do you replace a guy like Jack Campbell? Well, Jay I guess Higgins. you better have a guy like Jay Higgins. Yep. Good uh, point. Because Jay Higgins has done a good job of that. Jack Campbell would tell you that. Sure. That Jay Higgins has been a, a great replacement. Um, and um, how do you how do you get by with the loss of two tight ends? How do you get by with the loss of a quarterback? Depth. Well, the next man in, the next yeah. man's got to go. Yep. Uh, and and, uh, and and Dickens had his issues, of course, but nobody can can doubt his commitment. He's resilient to the job that yep. he has to do. He's just an inexperienced quarterback, and it takes time to learn. The best teacher, of course, is uh, what happens on Saturday. Sure. That's the best teaching mechanism going forward. Practice is not a game. Um, I, I hope. I, I'm sure we are. We're trying to make practice as game-like as we can and still protect the players, of course. That's part of the challenge of practice in the right way. But this time of year, of course, you're so beaten up, so you can't have a whole lot of contact. That's what Kirk practice. has been saying, yeah. What do you mean by four yeah. chapters? I'm not. Well, we've got two more uh, Big Ten games to play. Oh, so you've already got to win in the West. We, I do. Okay. I think, well, Yeah, I'm not ready to go there yet. We I mean, have they, to win they another still game. Gotta, they still got to win the West. I did say possibly me, four chapters. Oh, I thought you said just four. And I was like, what, am I missing something? Is there an extra game? But, but yeah, no, they're clearly the favorite to win the West. I mean, um, okay. Let me, make, let me make one point that I made last Friday at the Garden Club. Uh, I made this point. I said, I don't doubt that we can afford to lose a game and probably still go to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. The point is this, this great conference deserves – a great representative from the West, and that needs to be a ten and two Iowa, not a nine and nine and three Iowa. No, I agree. So we need to win out. But you know, whoever we need to goes, give the and conference it's... the best possible championship game, uh, and to do anything less than that, um, you know, let's just let's just have that as our goal. Nothing less than ten and two, uh, or let's back up. Nothing less than nine and two. That's all we can do this week. Yeah, it's uh, it's. And then, yeah. Assuming yeah, Iowa does get to nine, then we'll worry about getting to ten. Assuming Iowa does get in, it's going to be interesting the point spread. Whoever they're, if they're playing Ohio State or because it's going to be significant. Twenty-eight. I don't know. No, I don't think it'll be anything like that, but it'll be significant. But I mean, 
I know I'm putting the cart way in front of the horse, but I, I, you never say never. I mean, I do. I think Iowa's going to beat Michigan or Ohio State. No, I doubt even you do. Do you? I would uh, say it would be a heck of an upset. Um, but most likely, you wouldn't think it would happen. Most likely. Yeah, I don't think it would be. I don't think there's going to be another forty-two to three though. If that, if it's Michigan or Ohio State, are you confident with that, Don? I don't think they're going to get destroyed. No, I'm. Uh, yes, I am confident. I don't think we'll get destroyed either. Uh, let's think of it this way: If we show up at ten and two, then we are hands down the best representative from the West, and we need to play like that. I, one thing, I, uh, a point I made one time when we were going to LSU, and you've heard me talk about the LSU game. What helped us to prepare for LSU? I was able to tell our guys, you're not just representing Western Illinois. You're not just representing the Gateway Conference, as it was called back then. You are representing all of FCS football sure, yeah. because we are the number one ranked team in FCS. Uh, and and let's just think back to Appalachian State at Michigan. You remember that game? Yes, I do. <laughs> sure do. Now, what are the odds that Western can beat LSU uh, in Death Valley? Those odds are slim and none, of course. But you wouldn't be able to tell that to those players that day. And and I don't doubt for a second if we can finish ten and two and go to Indianapolis. Our guys will take the field, knowing in their hearts, we're going to find a way to win this damn game. That's how they're going to feel. Uh, we still have to do it, uh, but that gives you a chance to get it done, of course, is having that kind of mindset. And they're going to be representing the West, who routinely gets destroyed in this game. I mean, Purdue yeah. didn't put up much of a fight no, last year. And wasn't Iowa 10-2 and two going into the game in 21? And they lost in the or – or no, were I they were right. they nine and three? I can't remember. I can't remember either. But it was one of the two. Yeah. But it was one of the two. But yeah. So no, it'll be interesting. Who do you guys think it's going to be? Ohio State or Michigan? Coach? Well, based on what I've seen so far, I would I would bet on I would bet on Michigan. So I think I. it is played at. Where is it played this year? The I think it's played at Ohio State, I, isn't it? Is it, it at is Ohio? played at Michigan? It's at Michigan. Is that Michigan? Yes. That's one more reason to go with Michigan. Yeah. Michigan right now, I'm just talking about their situation. You know, they feel it's us against the world, uh, and, and that's how they should feel, I guess. Uh, so they're gonna, they're determined to be sure that nobody accuses them of being in that spot only because they um, they violated the rules of, of, of scouting. Uh, they're going to want to demonstrate, and this is all about how we can play football. It's got nothing to do with somebody taking taking video of somebody else's game at some other time. Mm-hmm. Has has there so, ever ever been a coach, Donnie, who has been suspended the, twice? The first three games in the and same the last season. three? Have you ever heard of that? Before? I've never heard of that. I haven't either. <laughs> I haven't heard of that. It's comical in some ways. <laughs> you know, one And thing, now he's a martyr. One thing I noticed uh, watching it on television, uh, the uh, play-by-play guy, kept going on and on and on about how Brian called a great game. And I mean, more it, to me, it, it was more so than you would have normally said that. Well, I mean, that's obviously a storyline. It's it going to be a major storyline. Has been all year. I mean, I wrote something, and one of the responses is, fire Getz, man. Look what she's – one <laughs> of the first responses was somebody on Twitter saying, fire Getz, she acted prematurely. Look what the offense is doing now. I mean, it's just the world we live in. And I don't want to get you into that, Don. I'm not going to put you on the spot or anything. But Brian Ferentz had a good day at the office. Yes, hope, hope he's got some more down the road because, I mean, this could be a fun end of this season. And hopefully we're talking about it. I like Brett, but not when he plays against the Hawkeyes. Yep. Hopefully we're talking about a win a week from today, Don. 
Yeah. You know, Brian has the same challenge that the players do. Let me just back up. You know, since since uh, Beth's announcement, uh, Brian versus Northwestern didn't appear to be the same play caller as Brian versus Rutgers. Mm-hmm. So which version of Brian are we going to get? Are we going to get uh, an outstanding game of play calling, as he demonstrated on Saturday? Or are we going to get something less than that? Uh, we need we need um, the Rutgers version of Brian calling plays, just as we need the the players version uh, versus Rutgers. Yeah, the too. offensive lines version versus Rutgers. That's what they really need. Yeah, yes. we need to demonstrate the same kind of consistency from one week to the next. None mm. of this roller coaster stuff. You see that all the time with teams. They play great one week and lay an egg the next. Uh, and we know the other team has something to do with that. But my gosh, you know what you need to be able to to do is look yourself in the face after the game, look yourself in the mirror after the game, and say uh, that was the same monumental effort that we gave a week ago when we won. Mm-hmm. They simply outplayed us. If you can say that, that's that's okay. I guess you can live with it. But anything short of that, you know, you should ask yourself why couldn't they duplicate what we did last weekend? Sure. Let's back up and think back to Wisconsin. At Wisconsin, I thought our defense played. A monumentally good game. They did. Uh, one week, one week later against Minnesota, I thought we played well on defense, but not as well. And we certainly struggled on offense in both cases. So uh, the bottom line is, when you do play well, challenge yourself to be able to do it again and again and again. Uh, that's what champions are made of: consistently winning effort. And we need another consistently winning effort this weekend and then and then to follow a course in Lincoln. All right, Coach. Let's well said, as usual. Enjoyed it. The hour went by so fast. And hopefully, again, we're talking about a victory a week from today. Have a good week. Enjoy this weather, Don. Let me leave you with one last step from the game, talking okay. about dominance with our defense. Rutgers has more punts, nine, than they do first down. Yeah, that is seven. pretty telling. That's a bad sign when you have more punts than first down. That yeah, definitely... we've we've been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been there, done that. Huh? That is yeah. true. All right, Donnie, great stuff as usual. Have a good week. Take care, guys. Thanks, Coach. Bye-bye. Yeah, good. Always good to talk to Coach. Yep. 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 Oh, that, that was a great game. Yeah, it was. Yep. It really was. It, re- it really was. You know, at halftime, Pat, three to nothing, were you thinking, geez, here we no, go No, I again? was thinking they were going to win because Rutgers – the Rutgers quarterback was completely ineffective. I thought I would win six to three. Is oh, what I... somebody, yeah, somebody said, "Well, you know, your pick last week was, you know, before this." Well, who could? <laughs> I mean, seriously, it was logical to pick a low score. Well, yeah, and, of course. Well, it's, you know, it's not like twenty-two. I mean, we're treating yeah. twenty-two points like it's like a hundred. I mean, well, yeah. but it felt like that. I mean, yeah, but we're we're living in a different world than normal society, so we can't sure. expect normal society to adapt to our what we experience. I mean, twenty-two points was great, but I mean, four hundred yards. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was it was it was all great, but it's that's more Iowa client coming back to normal. Yeah. Sure, oh, I, I mean, agree. Four hundred yard games are nothing anymore. I mean, like we said, the Illinois backup for five oh six. I think we're we might be liable to see some points this weekend from both teams. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I may pick Iowa to win twenty four to twenty. I mean, you know, but I'm not going to go forty seven to forty and bring on Georgia. No. I, I mean, we got to avoid being prisoners of the moment. And I know it happens with every fan base, but it seems like Iowa fans, because it's what I'm used to, and some of us in the media, we just get carried away sometimes when something good really happens. And Don said, so you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror. And 
That's not always a pleasant thing to do. No, no. not anymore. I can't, I can't do it after Menu Boy. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, it's that's. <laughs> yeah, for those segments, I just can't do well, it. What, I mean, so you're saying Menu Boy just sucks the spirit out of you? <laughs> completely. <laughs> oh, yeah, completely. The, the, it's almost like he sucks out the will to live. Well, that's why there's a, a rope back there. I think you and need a to, rickety chair. I think you need to take a serious <laughs> look at yourself and just oh, uh, and and you need to figure out a way to not let Menu Boy impact you so much. Wouldn't you agree? I don't think very true. Impact uh, he, Menu Boy should not have this type of impact on you. <laughs> Hello. Hey, just a, a couple of things you can conjecture about. Um, maybe you can talk about what you think about Penn State firing their offensive coordinator at this time. And, and the other one is a conspiracy theory. Do you think Michigan in the 21 championship with us was stealing signs? Does anybody uh, kind of put that one out there? I'm sure they have. I haven't really given it much thought. Um, um, but, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say sign, sign stealing is the reason Michigan completely dismantled no. Iowa. Um, no, well, I'm not either. It's just an that may, you no. know, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know. Maybe I was at the game, too, and it was dominance. It was. Yeah, so I, I think Michigan was a better football team. I think they're a better well, football team now. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. And then I the Penn know, State thing, that doesn't surprise me. James Franklin's under a lot of pressure. He's 1-12 one in, one in now against top five opponents. And I believe this was the seventh time in his 10 years where he's lost to both Ohio State and Michigan. That's not getting it done at Penn State. I mean, it's, his postgame no. got a little testy, too. Well, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's just, it's just really disturbing. But people think they've got the right to do it, I guess. You know, they're to do what? meaner than the Dickens when he's leaving the stadium or when he, wherever that yeah. video was shot. I guess he's going back yeah. in the dressing room. I, don't, I didn't. I don't I'm know not what, sure you're, what talking you're talking about. about. Yeah, what are you talking about? Well, they're yelling at him. Some of the fans, Penn State fans, are yelling at him. Oh uh, yeah, they're frustrated. Derogatory stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're frustrated. That's. I mean, when you take a job like Penn State, you can't lose to Michigan, Ohio State every year. And you know, I've always felt that Penn State's offense has been I've, excellent. I th- I picked them to win the East. They've been a major disappointment this year. Yeah. Yeah. They really and they have. fired their OC, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did yeah. this week. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, that's what. And I they didn't wait till after the season. He's gone. USC fired. Oh. USC fired their defensive coordinator and their defense. As well, field. they should have. So yeah, I mean, but no. No, I'm, um, I was not aware of the Franklin stuff, I, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if USC – I've heard some people, USC fans, yelling at Lincoln Riley. I mean, when you take those jobs, there's a downside to those jobs when you don't win. Yeah, you're right. It's just amazing when people are anonymous, how mean they get. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. All right, thanks. Hey, thanks for the call. But, yeah, James Franklin's postgame I, – I don't – they were down – was it fourteen to nine? They scored, yes. and he went for two to try to make it a one-score game. I believe was that in like the second quarter, he did it. It uh, just I didn't understand. And the reporter, I think you're right. The reporter wanted to know why he was chasing points that early. Franklin felt that he was answering the question, but the reporter said he didn't think he was. And I'll get the reporter didn't back down because I heard him say, "Dave, I don't know if it was David Jones or what," but he says, "Dave, I've answered your question." The reporter's like, "No, you really haven't." And and then I think maybe someone from Sports Information stepped, but it was getting testy. It's, I mean, it's it's not a good situation there. I mean, they, when you lose to those teams consistently, the fans are eventually going to turn on you. Yeah. So, they get to ten and two. It's not good enough. He's done that plenty of times. I know. Yeah. I mean, Kirk's a legend going ten and two. And if you put Penn State in the West, they would dominate. Oh, indeed, they but would. But they're not in the West. 
You know, Iowa's taken advantage of this situation this year about as well as so they, far. So far, I mean, because everything ends after this year. And like yep. we've said, it's going to be interesting to see how many of the Iowa defensive players return because like Higgins and Logan Lee, they've got those COVID years. Nick Jackson doesn't. Schulte has a COVID year. But, I mean, th- there's still going to be some significant losses on and defense. And Cooper could come back. But probably he, won't. I'm, probably won't. There's, if he's a first-round pick, which it looks like he's going to be, there's I don't know no why. Chance. I don't think there's any, even if he's a second round pick. I, Logan Lee, I, I'm guessing probably won't come back from what I'm hearing. Higgins and I think Quinn Schulte will come back because I'm not sure if Quinn Schulte projects as an NFL player. He might, who knows? But I could see him coming back. Um, but, you know, without Noah Shannon, without Logan Lee, Joe Evans can't, there's going to be some significant you losses bet. on defense. So they need to seize this moment. And right now they're on the course of doing that. All right, we need to take a quick break and <clears throat> we'll be back with more. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. It's so easy. Just remember one number. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. Your FTD florist. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. Remember. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Don't wait for an emergency to get a backup for your car keys. Unlike the olden days, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's eKeys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys that are on the market today. For spares and lost keys, Mike's eKeys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, high security, and remote head keys. Mike's eKeys for Cars will keep you on the road. Call 319-330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Don't wait until it's too late. Call 319-330-9185 today. Are you tired of living in a home that doesn't quite meet your needs? Then it's time to call the experts at Streets Maintenance. Their team of skilled professionals specializes in renovations and remodeling, transforming your home into the space you've always dreamed of. From kitchen bath remodels to complete home renovations, no job is too big or too small. Streets Maintenance will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision becomes a reality. So don't wait any longer. Call Streets Maintenance to schedule your consultation at 400-4483. Let's start building your dream home today. If you're looking for a new or used car, truck, or SUV, you should know. Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the best selection and pricing on new Fords, Deary Ford is here for you. To work with long-term experienced sales and service reps, Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the highest trade values, Deary Ford is here for you. To provide pickup and delivery and mobile service for our customers, Deary Ford is here for you. Hurry in or shop 
shop online at dairyford.com. When you go to a family restaurant, you want three things. One, a wide selection of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items. Two, you want those selections to be affordable and delicious. And three, you want to be treated like family. You get all three at the Midtown Family Restaurant. Breakfast items available anytime the doors are open. Legendary tenderloins, onion rings, and hot roast beef sandwiches. And special ribeye and shrimp nights. Daily specials at each location. And no matter if you're coming in solo or with a group of 20, you get the same special family treatment. The Midtown Family Restaurants at Court and Scott Streets and at the Walmart Plaza on Highway 1 West. Follow them on Facebook or at MidtownFamily.com. The family's waiting for you. There's a problem here in eastern Iowa. There's not enough Hawkeye fans. I mean, really, shouldn't everybody be a Hawkeye fan? Well, maybe not, but you should be a fan of my team at Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson, and my team of experts at Hawkeye Title and Settlement know what they're doing. Call us at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust. GT Car, owner of Supel's Building and Remodeling, has been offering unmatched service and quality for over 25 years. The trained professionals at Supel's Building and Remodeling will install and guarantee the products used in any job, no matter how big or small. They also stand behind their work and offer no-nonsense, exceptional customer service, from design to completion and beyond. Whether it's a simple window replacement or a major house addition, you'll have the confidence that Supel's Building and Remodeling is committed to quality. Visit Supel's.net or call them today at 319-337-2246. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit diamonddentalpc.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. The Sanctuary Pub in downtown Iowa City has been a fixture since 1972 and still features a classic menu such as the classic shepherd's pie, handcrafted pizzas, and craft beers and cocktails. The Sanctuary Pub is known for its warm and cozy atmosphere. That's the perfect place to spend time with family and friends while enjoying live music. Support great local food with socially distanced dine-in, carry-out, and delivery through Chomp Delivery. The Sanctuary Pub is located at 405 South Gilbert Street. Full menu options are online at SanctuaryPub.com. Come experience the Sanctuary Pub. You won't ever want to leave. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs, brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. 
If you're looking for a new or used car, truck, or SUV, you should know. Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the best selection and pricing on new Fords, Deary Ford is here for you. To work with long-term experienced sales and service reps, Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the highest trade values, Deary Ford is here for you. To provide pickup and delivery and mobile service for our customers, Deary Ford is here for you. Hurry in or shop online at DearyFord.com. Football fans. This is Bill Leichsenring of the Oxyoke Inn. We are on your way to or from the game. We're ready to serve you with the same quality food and customer service you've come to trust for over 80 years. The Oxyoke Inn is serving our famous Sunday brunch buffet with lunch, dinner, banquets, and carryout daily. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon in the heart of Amana. The Oxyoke Inn. KCJJ Weather, brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply, kitchens and baths, your home never looks so beautiful. Mostly sunny today, we'll get to 63 for a high this afternoon. The wind out of the northwest at 5 to 15. Tonight will be clear, we'll drop down to 32 for an overnight low. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, 62 on Wednesday, sunshine, high of 65. 64 on Thursday, going to drop back down into the mid-50s. By Friday, Saturday, Sunday, looks like we will stay dry throughout the week. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Outside now, it's 53. Earl uh, is lis- was listening in Atlanta. He said you just faded out. That was about 15 minutes ago. Thankfully, I've got the app. Keep well, up good. the good work, guys. Thanks, Earl. And I heard from somebody that was listening to Boston Proper this morning. that said Over was, the air? Yeah, over the air. Uh-huh. And he said... Uh, uh, apps and the internet are for pussies. <laughs> apps blow. <laughs> and he's, but he was okay. listed over the air. I don't know if they're so. for pussies. I'm just not into I don't like apps. Well, you That's better harsh. like apps. I don't have to like you apps. You have to like apps. Apps, apps, my apps. Apps, my ass. <laughs> I will say when I was driving in, I, Eric Clapton, I don't agree with anything. Yeah. So, but I'll tell you, I hadn't heard him for a while, and I heard later. God, you he, don't is, God he is a great musician. Yeah. Yes, oh, he is a great I mean, he's just so he's talented. a miserable, he's son, just a of a miserable bitch. son of a bitch. <laughs> but my God, um, Oceanside Boulevard, I haven't played uh-huh. that in ages. I, I may go home and actually have to stop. Because, you know, I, I always make fun of people for being cancel culture, and I can't do the same. I can, no, listen to, I can separate his music from his stupid music. You know, it's the same thing with Michael Jackson. It was real weird and everything. Well, I didn't like got his the music. music and, yeah, his music. You know, Eric me, Clapton. I mean, Roger Waters before... Well, I can still listen to Pink Floyd and not think of Roger Rogers, but yeah. I, Michael Jackson, I didn't hate Michael Jackson's music, but it ain't Eric Clapton. I mean, Ebony and Ivory and... Oh, uh, God. Listen. Terrible song. Very Well, very seriously. Don't let Paul McCartney do any... Do I think Michael Jackson's Black best singer. song was it Smooth Criminal. <laughs> yeah. That's his best song yeah. ever. That That's was my favorite song. Michael Jackson song. No, Say, Say, Say. Oh, God. That oh, wasn't good God. either. Terrible. No. Keep the Beatles away from Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hello. Hello. <clears throat> I went to the, um, what do you call it, the wrestling yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How yeah. was that? Lopsided. And, well, there were 8,502 people there. Well, that's good. And, it's a good crowd. And they, it, it, a lot of, some people don't understand duels because after I played the first ones, a bunch of people thought, okay, we're going. We got to see it. And they left. And then after the second one, a lot of people left because 
they wanted to get home in time to watch the women play. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> Iowa won all of them except for the very, very last one. All the matches except for the last yeah, one? for the very last one. Wow. But, <clears throat> but they... Some of those lower match girls, my gosh, they take those people in and pin them in nothing. Yeah, I mean, flat. It, was, it was complete domination. And then a lot of them, they will take, wrap their legs in them and then roll them. And each roll takes two points. And once you are 10 ahead, the game, the, it's over. Yep. The match is over with. Yep. It took a while to figure out some of the things that the girls do. And it'll take a little bit more to understand the So they won thing. every individual match but won it. That's what she said. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. well, that's the difference between freestyle and and folk style. Yeah, you know, and that's also a sport that's in its infancy. There needs to right. be. But okay, I right. see. I was ranked eighth. Who the hell is ranked ahead of them? Are they wrestling clubs? Because these were the four. They, they must be. But, okay, yeah, I know there's some really be, good wrestling clubs people. out there. Yeah. So, but no, no, is because uh, I know when Lance reached out to me, he said they had like 3,500 ticket spot, and then we had Calercer on, so I'm going to take Casey J. Full Jason, credit. You guys should take sole credit for the 5,000 ticket Absolutely. increase. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. We'll pat ourselves on the back. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it was it was very enjoyable. And then uh, now, did you think that um, the basketball team, do you think they played a good game yesterday? Nope. I mean, they yeah. were overpowered. Well, they're just a way Northern better team. Yeah. I was. They're just a way better team than Northern Iowa. And when yeah. when Iowa hit, we hits, still are missing our threes. Well, we made a lot of threes yesterday, though. I mean, Gabby yeah, got well, G- hot. Gabby made five of them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they. But yeah, they're just a better team. They should beat Northern Iowa by a, a lot. But and they Connecticut did. lost. Yeah, they did. Who'd they lose to? Oh, Karen. Who? Let's see. They lost to. Um, I'm assuming NC was, State. Okay, that's a good team. Yeah, no, yeah, that's NC a good team. State. That's not, and I'm not knocking Northern Iowa, but Northern Iowa is not North Carolina no, State. No, they're they're, good. they're not a really NC good team. State, no. Yeah, no. So, but no, that was an impressive win. Caitlin didn't have to score a ton of points, and they're they're rolling right now. She scored her 16. That made her go ahead. Yep. So we have a chance to be number one to, when the new yeah, polls come out. And she also I'm, had a triple double. Great. Who was number two last week? Was it Connecticut? Well, probably LSU, wasn't it? Well, no, who was number? Iowa was third. Well, LSU was... Connecticut was number two. Okay, then, yeah, they probably will be number South one. Carolina. LSU, Connecticut, and Iowa. South Carolina I'm, was four, and didn't I'm, they just destroy Maryland? I, do you think anyone in the media will make a big deal about Iowa being ranked number one? God, I can only imagine what Twitter's going to be like when that oh, comes yeah. out. Yeah, no, they'll be number one and enjoy it, but, you know, it doesn't really mean anything right now. No, of course not. And they've, but it's something we've never done before, so it's kind of nice. Yeah. Well, I, it, no, I, yeah, I thought they said the last time we were there was 1982 or something like that. No, it wouldn't I, have been 1982. I don't think we were ever number one. Yeah, it wouldn't have been before Vivian Stringer came here. That's what I thought. I didn't think we were ever number one. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure. So. I, some I, papers said that we were. I don't know. I don't know for a fact. But mm. the, I mean, before Vivian came here, they weren't even that good, and they hadn't been around very long. No. Yeah. I'm skeptical. Yeah, once you get number one, you're a target. We're a target anyway, Karen. Well, that's true. Anyway, you guys have a good day. All right, Karen. Bye. I'm just not a big poll guy. I never have. No, I know you're not. I mean, it's just, it's just, especially in November, it's just meaningless. But it will be, God, I can't. Like I said, it's going to be so much pandering on Twitter. When, when, and that's what I get. It. That's what you got to do, and what have you. And but. Lisa's going to be, she'll say, enjoy the moment, but guys or, or gals, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's just we no. got to keep going. No, that's right. You know, we we got to keep going. 
And I mean, just like Kirk says about the football polls in September, they're just they're meaningless. Yeah. No, I'm really. I know I'm raining on the parade. I'm sorry. Oh, you're a hater. I just I, like I said, the polls are just. I just I kind of. I've just never really got H A T E R. Hello. Hey guys, it's Frank from Chicago. Hey. Uh, speaking of polls, the the women's wrestling that eighth ranking, I think, was more just because it was their first year competing. I mean, they have annihilated two, if not three, teams that were ranked ahead of them. Okay, so the uh, rankings and, basically are useless then. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's their first year competing as a team, so I'm sure they weren't going to rank them number one to start. Why and, not? And the if they're the best. Is, but if they're the best, why well, not? I, mean, I don't think you knew that. But my guess is uh, not staying away from them, but they, they are the only Power 5 team in the nation. So my guess is, recruiting-wise, they probably have the pick of the litter it right now. Would seem. Yeah, I've been told that Arizona State and Penn State have really good wrestling clubs. And those, the, okay. the, I think it was Clarissa that actually told us that the uh-huh. first time. We're like, who's your toughest competition going to be? And I think she brought up two or three wrestling clubs that are really good. They have people that are Olympic hopefuls and stuff, wrestling in clubs. Yeah, well, I mean, that's great that they had that for attendance for their first match. That's, that's oh, that's really oh, I thought it was very impressive. Good work, Hawk. I think fans. that's incredible. I mean, I, the uh, the women's sports at the university right now are in a pretty good spot. There's yes, no, they are. No doubt about that. No, they so. don't. They Thanks, guys. Are. Yep. Thanks for the call. No, a real good spot. But yeah, I think KCJJ should take a lot of credit for the <laughs> fan turnout. Start pushing it. Because, like I said, Lance told me there was 3,500 sold earlier in that well, yeah. week, and then we had her on, and it was 8,500. Take, so. take credit for we take credit for everything. Yeah, we'll take credit for you taking credit, credit for Brian Ferentz's game plan Saturday. Full credit. Yes. Did well, I talked to him on I Friday night, and him. I said, "Hey, Brian, this is let's a have thing. a good game plan." This is a few. Yeah, I think <laughs> he said, "Thank you." Okay. Hello. Good morning, fellas. Hi, Terry. Hey, Terry. Hey, Terry. Hey, Pat, has there been any word out of uh, Coach Ferentz regarding the uh, kid from Cedar Rapids Kennedy that decommitted? What do you mean from Coach He can't comment on him. He hasn't signed. Well, wasn't there – didn't he comment when that kid from Southeast Polk decommitted and went to Alabama? After he signed. Yeah. You can't talk about these kids until they sign. And he didn't say a lot uh, okay. about he, he didn't say a lot about Proctor if I remember correctly but no. but no Nick Brooks won't sign he's only in the class of 25. Right. Well, but he had committed, right? But can he sign? Yeah, but he hadn't signed. February? Coaches coaches can't comment on him until they sign. And when when is that in February? Well, uh, no, it would have been next November. Next December. Oh. A year okay. from now. So a year from He's a junior no. now. A year. Yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. Okay. <laughs> All right, thanks for clearing that up for me. Yep, thanks, right. Terry. All right. Got a frog in my throat. So, yeah, so, that doesn't mean you guys got to stop talking. So did you ever imagine, Pat, that we would be watching uh, on Tuesday? We have a 9 o'clock tip at Creighton. No, it's, no, that's the reason why we're not it's there. 9-12. <laughs> no, you're, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, it's at insult to injury. It's ridiculous. I mean... <laughs> It, it's, it is. Dallas was going to – I'm sorry, I've got an ice cube in my mouth here. Let me finish with this okay. ice cube. Okay. I sound like, like Mushmouth. Well, we'll take, take this call. Remember Mushmouth from Fat Albert? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I sound like Mushmouth. Yeah. Hello? Now, I don't want to rehash what you guys were talking about with Coach, but a couple of observations. Um, I was down by the tunnel, Rutgers Tunnel, at halftime. Those guys looked winded when they walked out. They looked tired. 
Uh, their coach looked confused. He was looking at his play sheet all the way through the tunnel. Interesting. It's like he couldn't figure out anything that was working for him. Yeah, when you're scoreless at halftime, you're probably looking at your play sheet. Yeah. Yeah. The second thing, you know, there was a lot of uh, man coverage by Rutgers defense. So we were running the ball against six, seven guys in the box. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I know you guys talked a little about that, but yeah. here's the one thing that I took away because I really hadn't noticed it until yesterday, until Saturday. Uh, Taylor, his punting. When Reggie Roby punted for Iowa, he would turn the ball over and it would spiral down the, down the field. And that's where he'd get a lot of his distance. Taylor doesn't do that. I'd never noticed that before. His ball goes end over end like a rugby ball. Yes, it does. You know, it's just amazing the amount of distance that he gets without ever turning the ball That's over. also why he, he gets a lot of favorable thunder. roles, too. That's right. He, he puts spin on the ball. And yeah. bounces, yeah. And it bounces the way yep. he wants. He manipulates the ball. And it sounds the same, because I remember what it sounded like when Reggie hit the ball. Yeah. You know, there were times that I sat up in the top row up in the 70s, you know, on our side, and the ball that Reggie was kicking would be eye level with it. And Taylor's doing the same thing. You can just see the amount of power that kid has. Mm -hmm. And you don't appreciate it until you really see it in person and focus on it. No, it's impressive. Man. That was a fun game. That was such a fun game. The crowd was into it. It was loud. Weather was great. No, it, it was, was fun. Well, especially the second half. Yeah. Yeah, the first half was a little – it was just more of the same. I had a bunch of people around me. Not a bunch, but there was like three or four guys that had bet the under that were sweating that last possession by Iowa. As well they should have been. You know, <laughs> I, you know, and you knew once we got the first down inside of the tent, Coach, too much class there. There was no way in the world that he was going to try to score. You just knew that yeah. because that's how that's how our coach is. He's a class act, and yeah. he would never intentionally run up to score in another team. So that just speaks volumes for his character and the character of this football team. Yep, I agree. Yep. Well, well anyway, keep up the good work, guys. Go all ahead. right, Let's thanks for the call. Appreciate the call. The yes, all right. All yes. Right I was saying one of the thoughts I had at halftime. I had three nothing. I said, you know, we this might even be enough points to win this game. <laughs> And as it turns out, God. it would have been. Yeah, the Rutgers offense was very – I don't know why it they – It was strange, wasn't it? I don't know it? why they drifted from their running game. That Kyle, he was having success early. He was running hard, and they just kind of gave up on it. But the penalties for them were so costly. Those third and down ball starts. Yes. And continuous. And yeah. their quarterback just didn't play well. I just no, didn't, he didn't. He just did not have a good game, and there's only so much coaching can do. I just and why could, didn't he run more? I don't know. I mean, we asked Don that, and Don didn't really uh, – couldn't really figure it out. He just seemed intimidated, overwhelmed by everything. And at this stage, he's played enough to where he shouldn't feel that. He's played in other – I know Kinnick's great, but there's a lot of good Big Ten stadiums that have hostile environments. He's played in those. Is there any chance he was nicked up a little bit I, I, at, I, I at Ohio State the week before? Well, I, if he was, Possible. I didn't hear anything about it. But he still – I mean, he still was out there playing. He must not have been too nicked up. He just didn't seem like he was willing to run. We'll and, say that – there is a bit of an Ohio State factor. The week after teams play Ohio State, they don't do very well. That's true. And everyone's talking about, oh, that was a barn burner. Ohio State still won that game 35-16. to 16. <laughs> Yes. I mean, they scored 13 more points than Iowa scored against against them. So it's not like that was just a, a nail-biter to the end. Rutgers was good for a half. They were playing well they, they for were. half, just like they did against Michigan. But they just against Iowa, they just never fired a shot. Well, they haven't. That was possibly a program-defining moment for happen. Rutgers, and it didn't happen. And they were their own worst enemy in a lot of ways. Those penalties in the first quarter were huge. 
And then now they go at Penn State for their reward this week. And so. my guess is they will. Penn State wins these I types would, of games. I would think so. But you know, but it's not good in Penn State right now either. I'm guessing those are both both of them. I'm not guessing both of those fan bases are upset. But this stuff with James Franklin, it it could get ugly because he speaks his mind. He doesn't take criticism very well, and he'll he'll battle back. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. I mean. Um, I think he will be back next year because I don't know where else is he going to go to equal Penn State. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The problem is when you take a job like that, if you don't succeed, you'll never get a job like that again, more than likely. And um, like Jimbo Fisher, you think any major elite power five is ever going to hire him as a head coach again? No way. How's no, he nor make should it? they. What's that? How's he going to make it? <laughs> I mean, How's he going to make well, his mortgage? Well, he's just going to have to yeah, budget. What's his and, age? I mean, is he, can he? He's just going to have to budget his money and just security. live within his means. Live within his <laughs> yeah. hundreds. I mean, a, he's made like a hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. Be a great greeter at Walmart. <laughs> but man, what a terrible hire that's turned out to be. Jeez. And I didn't think, even without hindsight, it was a good hire from how they did it financially. hundred percent buyout. I it just was, think. Well, and then that Mel Tucker uh, thing at Michigan State—it was the same kind of contract. Now they lucked out because they're not going to pay. They did. I mean, I know they're getting sued, but I think Mill's going to have a tough case with that one. And, I mean, Northwestern, Fitz is suing Northwestern. I think he may have a better case than Mill Tucker. I would think. Um, Because Mill Tucker is accused of doing stuff himself, you know, and with Fitz, you're not sure how hands-on he was with this stuff. And I I do – don't you have trouble believing that Harbaugh knew nothing about any of that stuff? Uh, Absolutely. I just find that hard to believe. He's a control freak. The guy standing right next to him yelling out, uh, you know, I mean, but to now to Michigan fans, and I know some, I'm, I'm guessing Harbaugh's a martyr now, and they're going to rally. Oh, the, they're going to play victim and use that as motivation. Okay. But, but I look at it as is there must have been enough evidence or they wouldn't have suspended him. Well, yeah. They're not just going to suspend him lightly. But I still, I do think they're a little bit better all around than Ohio State. Well, I, I kind of do too. Ohio State, I mean. Their offense is still really, really good, but it's not quite as dominant it hasn't been as it I mean, Marvin Harrison's just out of this world. I yeah. mean, he is so good, and Henderson is, is, is living up great. to his five star. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but I their think, quarterback's not quite. No, and he's a former five star. I think Ohio State and Michigan are clearly the top two teams in the conference. And then I'd still obviously you have to give Penn State the edge over Iowa. They destroyed them. Yeah, they killed us. I mean, and I still think those three. You got the two, then Penn State a little below. Then Iowa significantly low, below Penn State, and then pretty much everyone else is kind of below Iowa. Yeah, yeah. If you were going to do the Big Ten power rankings, it's to me at this point doing the power rankings is is kind of a waste of time because there's like seven or eight teams. It's, trying to distinguish between those teams is a waste of time. They're all very similar. Yeah. You just lump them all together. Extremely flawed. Uh, all of the teams in the West. I mean, Iowa played a, de- a good game Saturday, but we're flawed. And for Indiana, I just to see Tom Allen's defense unravel the way it has because that's he is a defensive-minded coach. I mean, that was not a good effort. I mean, he's a nice guy. It'll be interesting to see if he comes back if they let him back next year. Because he was on the on the hot well, seat, according good, to the pundits. They anyway. haven't been good since COVID. That no. was their big year. Was COVID? They handled COVID about as well as anybody did. And but since then, starting with the twenty-one season opener against Iowa, it's just been downhill ever since. For it's 
It's been so interesting to watch Michael Penix Jr. You know, Iowa just destroyed that team here. And now he's got that offensive coordinator from Kingsley Pearson, and they are just lights out. They are lights out. Yeah, they're they're offense. I mean, it's like like I've said, when I watch those teams, it's like when you cover Iowa, then you watch those teams, it's like they're playing a different sport. A completely different sport. The the amount of speed that Washington and Oregon have at the receiver positions, it's it's stunning when you compare it to Iowa. And when you compare it to a lot of the Big Ten yeah, teams yeah. in general. Well, there are different approaches. And, uh, you know, Big Ten is basically one in the trenches. And it's going to be so interesting to see the contrast in styles and to see see what happens. No, it will be. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, it will be. Lincoln Riley and USC, that's an interesting story because I thought this team was going to be a lot better. I mean, they're I seven and four. They, I mean, they're they could end up losing five or six games. I mean, it's and the fans there are upset. Penn State fans are upset. Iowa fans are happy. I think with Iowa fans, most of what I gather is they agree with the decision that a change needs to be made at offensive coordinator. But they're still just fine, and they respect Kirk, and he can coach as long as he wants. Hopefully, they'll fix the offense. But you can believe in both. You can separate the those two things you can still support Kirk and believe that he should be the head coach but that he maybe has a little blind spot where Brian's concerned sure. and that Beth had to step in and make a change because a change needed to be made uh, yes you think that's fair I do yeah I don't think like I did have one person on Twitter reach out to me and say fire gets I mean well you know yeah of course those people are going to be out there the best though was one who reached out to me and said what I wrote about was old news and the old news in that it's time that it's time for, for the media to support the nine and one football team, and he's like, "Yes, I said nine and one." And then he had hashtag, "It wasn't a fair catch." So the guy who's still obsessing over the punt return against Minnesota is telling me to move on from the Brian Ferry. I, I, I found that pretty funny. You know, and uh, I never, unless we're playing the Cyclones, I don't diss the Cyclones. I never diss the Cyclones. I don't think about the cycle. No, not really. Uh, although they absolutely dominated BYU in that first half. Oh, it was it was a complete dismantling. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and BYU's five and four. It's yeah. not like they were terrible. Yeah. But man, Iowa State looked good. They did. Did you they see that touchdown great. run by Abu Sama? Yes. That was one of the be- that was a cross of Ronnie Harmon and Tavian Banks. No, he that uh, I was impressed. Yeah. So yeah, but we were covering on uh, social media. The uh, Hawkeye game. Mm-hmm. And these guys from the Cyclones, why don't you talk about a real team? And you Well, know, we beat that real team. <laughs> well, so I didn't even have a nice day. I s- tried to be, you know. Here's one. Here's this one. Yeah. Fire Beth Getz. She is the root cause of this situation and has shown her inability to lead. She caved to pressure, and her decision is now being shown as a mistake. What? How is it being shown as a mistake? <laughs> one game. Because we scored 22 points, <laughs> which was three under the threshold. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with which that. It shouldn't have been there. I, and I don't think most Iowa fans share that view, do you? No. 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 I think a lot of them respect Beth for taking a very difficult stand. The timing, and I even said in my column, I still think this was meant well, to happen after the season, but word I leaked suppose. and she had to act. Yeah, I, you know. I, I think somehow word leaked and she had to act. I, I kind to, of think that's To do true. it in season makes no sense, but it needed to be done, don't you think? Yes, I do. 
Brian's been given a fair chance. It's not like he's a victim in this case. I mean, even with 402 yards, which seems like 1,000 Iowa fans and 22 points, we're still at the, the bottom of... Well, you know, none of that changes. And those uh-uh. 402 yards are still 104 fewer than the Illinois quarterback threw by himself. So you can always put things <laughs> wow. in their proper perspective. And there are still yeah. only... There are three teams behind us. Uh, I think it's in, net, uh, in passing. And there are the three service academies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, who, who I don't pass. This was a tough decision, and and I do think with Kirk. I mean, I think a lot of those tears Saturday. I mean, with Kirk, you got to look at he's two things. He's a head coach, but he's also a father. Oh, in sure. Case. And I think a lot of those tears were the father in him, and that's all he's I human. I think so too. And I get that. I get that. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that his offense was. I just don't. I I'm wondering. Do you think there's a chance Beth maybe said Kirk? You're going to have to get rid of Brian, and he's. I can't do that, and she and she did. That's kind of what I think happened. I think that's possible. And Kirk's just like I can't fire my son, and I get that. I respect him. He's I a do father. Too. I don't know what it's like to be a father of a son, but he. I mean, he. Um, it, it's a tough situation, but again, the rule, the old saying goes, never, never hire somebody you can't fire, and yeah. I think that's the mistake Sooner. he made. I think that's the mistake he made in this <laughs> <What>? case. <laughs> You hired, I didn't hire those. No, you didn't. No. I hired Billy and I hired Molly. And I could fire them if it was warranted. You should be able could. to. I bet yeah. you couldn't. Yeah. I don't have the heart. To. What if Molly came in here right now and just headbutted you? Would you fire her? <laughs> I can't see Molly doing that. But... You want to headbutt me, Molly? What? Would you headbutt me? Probably not. She's <laughs> Oh, since you're the boss. Yeah, that's a good... What if I wasn't the boss? Well, then maybe she would. I think that's the takeaway here. I guess so. Remember that in Paul Blart where he says, nobody wins with a headbutt? <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines in that movie. When he headbutt the guy... The actually, first movie was, was good. good. The second, second one was a tragedy. It was a tra- I couldn't yeah, even watch it. Yeah, it was awful. It was bad. It was bad. You know, and they kill. And I mean, it, it could have been good, and they could have kept it going. And hey, before we go, we got to mention. I mean, Iowa men have a huge game tomorrow night. Now, what's the starting time? Have they moved it back to like eleven thirty? It's going to be after the Tonight Show. Nine twelve. Nine twelve. That's the earliest it will start. Yes. And yes it, it's it's on FS One. Uh, I'm staying. Dallas thought about going I over think there. It's on FS1. Dallas thought about going over there, but he said he would definitely have gone over there if it was seven. I would have considered seven, but nine twelve. And if you're there, you got to go to the press game. You're you're probably not going to be sitting down to start writing your final version of anything until well after midnight. And at that point, nobody's. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to monitor it on TV, take notes and whatever cover, and then try to get something up. Five minutes after the game, yes, yeah, yeah. a column uh, and what have you. It, it's going to be tough. My guess is they're probably not going to win, but if they don't, I don't think you got to read too much into that. And if they do win, don't say you know bring on Duke and whatever. I mean, this would be a nice win, but I didn't realize Creighton's ranked, aren't they? Eight? Yes, yes. If they're at home. This would be a big, a big, oh, a upset. huge upset, and this yeah. would be a bad loss. It wouldn't be a bad loss for Creighton since it is a big, t- but it wouldn't be a good loss. No, I mean there, it would be. I mean, that's not like Michigan State, at least on paper, coming in there to play. But Iowa, hopefully they play free and easy. And they're gonna. I think the only way they can win this game in an upset is if they're red hot from three. If they can make somewhere between eight and, thir- eight and 12 three-pointers, I think that gives them they a chance. They have a chance. I think they, and they're the kind of team that can – all of a sudden, Sanford may shoot the lights out of the gym tomorrow. You just never know. So no, it's going to be exactly interesting. Right. But yeah, the 9-12 tip-off is ridiculous. I know. 
yeah. Fran just had his pre- teleconference at 10.30. I wonder if anyone asked him about that. I'll see when I go. Yeah, to... see, it says 9, but I've read where it's 9. I've read 9.07 and 9.12. Well, and what's it on? Isn't well, there either game... way, it's too freaking late. Well, yeah, isn't there a game on right before it? Yeah. A 7 o'clock game. That's yes. why. So, and how often do those games end in time to where the other game's going to start don't. where they say it? Well, they don't. And they don't they have to have 30 minutes bet- uh, for the teams to I, warm up? Well, it's the other, yeah, but that's if the game's at the same facility. This, uh, oh, the, the okay, game, there you the go. The game on prior to that, we don't know. It's not going to be in oh, No, you're right, you're so, right. So, no, it'll, it will go. But I, lots of times, they're not going to cut to that to the Iowa game until that other game's over, I assume. That's but right. I, yeah, do we know what the game is before? If it's... I don't know what the game is. What channel is it again? I think it's FS1, which I, means it's Fox, which means there'll be a minute more commercials. A lot so, of commercials. Yeah. So it's going to be, you'll, you'll start your morning show, and if it's overtime, it'll still be on. You know who has a lot of commercials? Is Sun, Sun, <clears throat> Sundance has a lot of commercials. Yeah. A ton of commercials. Yeah. I've been noticing that. But, yeah, no, the tip-off is unfortunate, but it's TV. It is what it is. And, yeah. uh, I mean, 8 o'clock's late enough. And that was no, used 8 to, o'clock's too late. 8 o'clock's too late, but that always used to be the late. These 9 o'clock games have not been around yeah, that we'll long. Wait until no. next year. Oh, there's going to be some games uh, with yeah. basketball yeah. Yeah. that may play at 10, at 10 or 11. Well, well there are. There yeah, because be. they're going to cater to the West Coast. Because sooner or later, they're going to give the West Coast an 8 o'clock or a 9 o'clock yeah. game. And that means, like for Iowa, back here, it's 10 or 11. And 11 <laughs> o'clock in uh, New York, you know. Yeah, yeah think about, that's just the... But yeah, I mean to see these yeah, nine I'll o'clock be games. Able to come in to, well, I always uh, had a couple games Wednesday. at Carver. They've had a couple <laughs> games at Carver that have started after nine o'clock in the la- last couple of years. Yeah, they've had a couple. So, but but yeah, that's the only bad thing. Other than that, this is a. Fu- it's going to be an intriguing matchup. I look forward to it. I look forward to watching the game because it's going to be a big test for Iowa to kind of see where this team is. Yep, because they've been fun to watch so far. And granted, it's been against the little sisters of the poor, but it's. Um, it's, it's a fun team. I love seeing the well, all the young players. His style's fun. Uh, the way they play absolutely. under Fran is a fun style to watch. Yeah, I agree. So, it's almost eleven. Fran's teleconference is almost over, and yet we're still going on. We started at nine. He started at ten thirty. You think? Yeah, you think Fran would like to come on here for two hours? Ask him. <laughs> Can you Ask imagine? Him, I. Yeah, you imagine you guys with Fran for two hours? Oh, Fran, I'll tell you what, when we have Fran on, the, the, we usually have him on for half an hour, 45, it goes by just like it that. It does. Fran's great on the and radio. And he, I mean, he doesn't rush to get on. No, he doesn't. No. no, he doesn't at all. No, he's great on the yeah. radio. No. So, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a f- fun game. And I, and I, I, like, I, mean, I like this the young talent on this Iowa team. I do, too. There's always something neat about these young guys. You don't know much about them. There's going to be some ups and downs. Don't get me wrong. Yep, but there are. We'll see. I just wish the fans would get behind this team because I'll tell you, that arena in, Crate in Omaha tomorrow be rocking. is going to be rocking. I've been there before. It's going to be rocking. I've been real impressed with uh, Brock Harding's vision. Yeah, he's had some nice passes. Passing. And yep. I do think between Harding and Bowen and Perkins and Dix, those are four good guards. I think they've got some depth in the guard court. And I will say before we go – I got to look. My Twitter line yesterday was inundated with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey stuff. It, 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 suffer, it, it was overwhelming. Mine, it was everywhere. Well, mine was inundated with uh, uh, political crap. And mine wasn't. Mine was all Taylor Swift. Kid. And I've never done anything on Twitter to give anybody any indication that I'm interested in Taylor Swift. And yet my timeline. You said you liked anti hero. One song, but I didn't say it on Twitter. <laughs> 
No, but I think I sometimes if I were you. the phones listen to But you. there was a video of her leaving us. I mean, if you seriously, if you don't turn off the microphone on your Google, well, that's kind of creepy. It's like I'm being stalked by my own phone. Sometimes I think But there you was are. this video of Taylor Swift getting done singing a song and running off stage to hug Travis Kelsey and it was like being treated like the yeah. Bay of Pigs. You know, I mean it's just amazing what people find interesting. I think they find it more interesting now because the news now is is too heavy for is, them. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, you know? I could see that, but yeah. I just don't care who Taylor Swift dates. I mean, uh, I, no, not really. Well, what if uh, she dated Ray? Well, I, Ray I, I, that would be go from care to concern. And you go in. You go I go in. in there, and she's sitting there with Gatons at that table, talking <laughs> eat, to Gatons and Jay Patrick Wright eating, 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 eating from a, eating something. No, she'd be at Kraken with her money. <laughs> well, it's close she'd go get today. something at Kraken. Oh, it is closed on Monday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be funny though to go in there and see Taylor Swift sitting with Gatons and Jay Patrick Wright and Ray. <laughs> Would you laugh at? And then the guy who wants to fight you, because that's his area too. Yeah, he wants to fight me. He does. It's uh, and he sounds like he's telling more people than just me. Oh no, he's yeah. I've got I've got three other people that have contacted me just this weekend. Would you like he's to see that fight? Ramping it up. You I'm lost me. Not. Uh, Guy wants to fight. You know the guy. He wants to fight me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The opera man. No, I'm not a... Uh... I think it'd be funny if he was fighting you and singing the National Anthem <laughs> at the same time. That'd be a little more interesting. But... <laughs> Would you pay to see them fight? No. No, I'm not no, I'm not a... I don't. I don't find fighting interesting. No, I don't find fighting. I'm, a lot I'm of people not, in this country do. Yes, they yeah, do. I know. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't either. I mean, I'm I, not fighting. I'm not, I've never been a big fan of. I've never been think, a big fan of Ultimate Fight. I do. No, think, I not at all. I do think it's particularly odd, considering the space of time that yes, has gone I by. Yes, I agree with you. And I didn't. I really did, had nothing to do with the news. So, no, I mean, yeah. Yeah, a lot really, of odd things in this world. Yeah. And this is one of them. And this is one of them. (laughs) But no, good show again with Don. I always enjoy getting his insight. And this is a, I mean, they're eight and two. I mean, I picked them to go 10 and two. I didn't think it would quite go this way. No. But it's kind of going the way I thought because I didn't have any respect for the Big Ten West. And And you you were right. I mean, it stinks. I picked the same. If Iowa was in the East, they would lose three or four games. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, but they're not. They're in. They, they can only play the teams that are on their schedule. So well, it all changes next year, and it's going to be interesting. And yeah, next year, don't they play USC and Ohio State and play UCLA at UCLA? And don't they have and Washington comes? Washington to comes Kinnick. here, and then they go to Ohio State, right? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. It, that's going to be tough. Yes, it is. It's going to be tough. So they need to seize them. And I'll, I'll tell you, are you convinced that Kirk is back next year? I believe so. I'm not convinced, but I'm not saying he's not going to be. But I'm way less convinced than I was prior to the Bryant. Unless, what if he? Uh, what if we somehow win the Big Ten? I could see that being his way That's of saying, possible. Adios, a great possible. run. I'm out of here. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not. I don't have inside sources. I'm no. not saying Kirk has earned the right to coach for as long as he wants. All I'm saying is, I would have been ninety nine point. Nine percent sure. If somebody asked me that question, which I get asked a lot, now I'm sixty forty that he comes back, and I'm less than some of my colleagues in the media who are way more thinking he might not come back. Well, we'll find out. And to I, me, Kirk, it's Kirk's decision. I agree. I think he'll be back for a number of more years, but that's that's my thoughts. And you don't have anything to base it on. Mm, nothing whatsoever. Yeah. No, but these geniuses that say no. It, it, 
you know, be careful what you wish for because you're assuming that you're going to get a coach. In no, I get that, but yeah. you also can't be afraid of change. I mean, no. you, you can't be afraid of change. He's been here 25 years. You've got to have faith oh, in no. your system well, I, that yeah. you'll hire a good coach. Yeah. And I still believe he should coach for as long as he wants, but you can't just be afraid, oh, if we get rid of Kirk, we're going to be crap again. You can't think that way. No, but, but I can also tell you that there's – Plenty of Wisconsin and Nebraska fans that are saying, what have we done? Yeah, but it's too early. They're both in the first year. Of course it's too it's early. It's way too early. So but they're fans. It's, it's, I get that, but sometimes fans can't are get wrong? what they want. Are wrong. Many times they're wrong. <laughs> and I'm not saying uh, Luke Fickle – we can't say that Luke Fickle's going to fail. It was not at Thompson. all. It's way too early. Not at all. So, so just – I mean, I understand. Be careful what you wish for, but also don't be afraid. Yep. Um, but no, like I said, it's it's Kirk's decision. He has earned the right to make yes, that decision. Yes, he has. So One hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, uh, Molly Suter is next. Talkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free. <laughs> 